Welcome to Inside Hogwarts, a Harry Potter podcast made by kids for kids. I'm Daisy. And I'm Vaughn. And today we're talking about Chapter 8 of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, uh, the Death Day Party. I almost said the Chamber of the Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's the Death Day Party. Hopefully you've read it so that you actually know what we're talking yes, about. Yes, because there will be spoilers of, course, of the, for the chapter. chapter. Of course. So, let's start with the chapter. October arrived, spreading a damp chill over the grounds and into the castle. Hagrid's pumpkins had swelled swelled to the size of small garden sheds. Do you think Hagrid uh, enchanted the pumpkins with his broken, not broken wand? Or do you think it was another teacher? I think it was Hagrid. Okay. Because he's like... I helped them a bit myself. And he just glanced at his umbrella. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, um, oh, yeah, I totally forgot <laughs> about that. But I was just like, like, do you think, because Dumbledore, I don't know if this is a, I don't know if this theory has been confirmed yet, but the theory that, like, Dumbledore used the Elder Wand yes. to fix his, because that is to fix Hagrid's wand. Yes. So, um, did he then, like, do all the other teachers know about it? Because if they don't know about they it... They probably don't. Exactly. Then if they don't know about it, they're like, why are these huge pumpkins? Probably because he's the best groundskeeper ever. Yep. Because he's That's Hagrid. exactly why. Um, it was raining a lot, so when Harry returned from practice one night, he was dripping with mud. Mud. And then, so I was thinking, how can you stop yourself from getting muddy at Quidditch practice? Because, first of all, why are you muddy? You're in the air on a broom. Like, probably if you crash. But Harry doesn't typically crash. I mean, I know, like, like why you'd be wet, and maybe you're muddy from walking up. Yeah. But I had a theory. What if you ride your broom to your dormitory? Uh, That's probably <laughs> against the rules, but it's something the Marauders would do. That's, that's so something Fred and George would do. Yeah, exactly, because they do it in book five. They do. So... I, I just I I see the Marauders doing it. I see Harry also doing it. But it's probably like a hazard, you know. Yeah. Like Ninety degree turns. Yeah. Um. So. So while Harry was walking, he met nearly headless Nick and said hello. That's polite. Hello. Normal people say hello. Um. Nick asked if Harry thought that getting hit in the head forty-five times with a blunt axe would allow you to join the headless hunt. I'm going to now read the letter on page 124, if I can find it. 54 times with a blunt ass? 45. F- 45. Don't you think he, you think. You think, it, yeah. Especially, like, no way he'd go that slow. Though. Yeah. We can only accept huntsmen whose he- heads, ha- okay, I've, like, Wait, Her, so, like messed that first one up. Yeah, I think the viewers might be confused. Uh, so really, what's happening is Nick is showing Harry a letter of being turned for because he was turned. Oh down yeah, I barely gave it a Oh well, he was just kind of like. Oh yeah. Okay. So we can only accept huntsmen whose heads have parted com- company with their bodies. You will appreciate it. Would be impossible. Okay, I swear that I cannot read today. You will appreciate. <laughs> That it would be impossible otherwise for members to participate in head activities such as horseback head juggling and head polo. 
It is with the greatest regret, therefore, that I must inform you that you do not fulfill our requirements. With very best wishes, Sir Patrick Delaney Podmore. I made it through that letter. It was Yay. hard, but I did it. So, um, there's actually, I found a video on how to make this letter. It's like a template that you can print out, and it's pretty cool. So, I'm going to link that in the description if you guys want to make that letter. Um, so, suddenly, Mrs. Norris appeared, and Harry turned to leave. Because Filch was angry, because he had to clean frog brains all morning, and he had the, the flu. So when Filch came, why did he have to he clean frog yelling. brains? Exactly. I like put this next note in like all caps. Who gave him this job? Like who made this a job? Why couldn't they give a wizard this job? I know a wizard could easily clean it up with a flick of a wand. Exactly. And why couldn't Snape do it? Snape literally, it was in the dungeons. I think it was in potions. Uh, and so also, why could Snape dot literally just go? Um, so what's it called? What's the spell? Swish and flick? No. <laughs> yeah, swish and flick the frog brains. No. Oh, Scourgeify. Scourge. Scourgeify. He could have done that. He's not stupid. Like, this is a school of magic. Do magic. The te- do the teachers not know what magic is? Because they don't, you know. Whoa. Like, I don't, that's terrible. Why are they giving a squib this job? I don't even know why he took this job. I don't know. I know. Why did he? And- does he not sleep? Yeah. He's, because he's catching Harry left and right in the middle of the night. Exactly. So, uh, Harry followed Filch to his office where he had wooden filing cabinets filled with students' names and everything they had ever done wrong. Like, also, one of my ideas was, like, why does he care how much you've done wrong? Because I guess maybe in the real world it'd be like, oh, well, I'm just going to keep a file on all the bad things that you've done at school, but things like... I don't know, dripping mud on the ground. Why do you need a file for that? Or things that, like, the Weasley twins have done. Because This is going to go on your permanent record. Exactly. They haven't haven't done anything crazy bad that needs to actually go on a record. They've done things like set off dung bombs or, you know. One more X on your record. How how many X's do they, like, I feel like it would be like a five, one out of 500 X chart. (laughs) And they're just at, like, 499. They're hovering. Um, so Filch took out a piece of parchment and wrote Harry's name and crime. All of a sudden, they heard a big noise and Filch ran from the room screaming, Peeves! Peeves! Harry noticed a letter sitting on Filch's desk and of course, he read it because he's Harry. He's so, Snoopy. I'm going to read the quick spell letter. I didn't even write the page down. So great, now I have to find it. Alright, I've got it. He is so curious. He's I know. He's so invested in other people's lives. I know. <laughs> Quick spell. A correspondence course in beginner's magic. Intrigued. Oh wait, no, I don't need to read that part. Feel out of step in the world of modern magic. Find yourself making excuses not to perform simple spells. Ever been taunted for your woeful wand work? There's an answer! Quick spell is an all-new, fail-safe, quick result, easy learn course. Hundreds of witches and wizards have benefited from the quickspell method. Madam Z, Nettles of Top Sham, writes, I had no memory for incantation, and my potions were a family joke. Now, after my quickspell course, I am the center of attention of parties, and friends beg for the recipe of my Skintalian solution. Hopefully I said that right. 
Warlock DJ Prod of Didsbury says, My wife used to sneer at my feeble charms, but one month into your fabulous quickspell course, and I succeeded in turning her into, yeah, thank you, quickspell. I don't so, understand, like, I think that quickspell, in my mind, is more of a thing where it's like, if you're not really great at magic, but you're still a wizard, you can take quickspell. Yeah, spell. but Filch, if you didn't know this, exactly. is a squib. How would this work for him? Hopefully you read the chapter and you would know. But, like, exactly. I don't think it's meant, I don't think it's intended for squibs. I think it's intended for people who just aren't very skilled at magic and just need a bit of extra practice. Yeah, wait. Would squibs just can't use wands, right? They would be able to make potions. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Can muggles make potions? Like, I well, a squib. Could a squib? I don't think they could. I think they're under the same classification as huh. Muggle. Okay. Like, they can still do wizard things, but that's because they've been introduced to the wizarding world. That's not, like, because they're special in any way. Yeah. They're pretty much Muggles just born from wizarding parents. Yeah. So, that's what a squib is. Um, Like, why does Harry read it? Why does he think that it's okay to read it? Because... Any other student, I feel like, wouldn't. You know, maybe if the letter was just sitting open on Filch's desk, like, laying out in front of Harry, just inviting him to read yeah, it, maybe just, you would read it without snoop- even without he- even touching it. You don't know. You- I know. He's just snooping. He's like, but he's specifically opening something that wasn't for him, that wasn't even open so that he could see it without even having to touch it. No, he, like, Oh, there's it a up. letter. It's clearly for me, if I'm Harry Potter. Oh, this is for me, and it's labeled Filch. (laughs) (laughs) It's clearly for me. It's like, he crosses Filch out and writes Harry Potter. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like some of what Snape says is actually true about Harry, though. he just crosses out Filch, writes Harry Potter. Here's the question. Would Sirius, Remus, James, or Peter have opened it? Probably not. Peter and Remus wouldn't have. I am see. I, I definitely see Peter opening. You do? Yes, I do. I don't. I see Sirius or James opening it, and not bothering to even put it back right, like crumpling it up and like throwing it on the desk or something. <laughs> and I see Remus just like sitting quietly without touching anything. Or I, I, see- I see James like opening it, taking it out, and it's just like. Throwing away the letter. Or, like, pocketing and Filch comes it. back, and then Filch comes back, he's like, where's the letter? There was never a letter. <laughs> or I, I see mean. him, like, pocketing the letter. Oh <laughs> so he can show everyone, or, like, pin it up on all the boards. I see Peter just kind of, like, shivering in his seat, but not actually touching it. But maybe telling the other boys that it was a quick spell letter, and then they all try to figure out what quick spell is. So, would, the question is, would Harry read anybody else's letter if it weren't Filch? Would he read Dumbledore's? Would he read Snape's? Or would he read McGonagall's? Not Dumbledore's, Snape. He would read Snape. Mm-hmm. Would he read McGonagall? I don't think he'd read McGonagall. He would not read McGonagall's. She's she she will like get really mad if he did something like that. So no. Um, when he heard Filch coming back, Harry stuffed the letter back in the envelope and threw it back on the desk, but realized that it wasn't in the same position. <gasps> Filch came back in, muttering that the vanishing cabinet was extremely valuable. I, like, I, when I read that, I was like, I cannot believe that vanishing cabinet is mentioned here, and then it just completely makes full circle and comes back in Half-Blood Prince. Hint, 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 hint. 
Filch noticed that the letters had moved and he turned red. Or letter had moved and he turned red. So Harry left as quickly as he could so that he would not get into trouble. Nick came gliding down the corridor and asked Harry if he had worked because if it had worked because he had been the one to convince Peeves to drop the cabinet on top of Filch's office. How do you think he convinced Peeves? He's like, pro- he's probably, you know, because Peeves is so mischievous, like, here's an idea. <laughs> like, I have a perfect idea for you, Peeves. I know for how much you hate- the big prank. I know how much you hate Filch. There's the vanishing cabinet. Drop There's- it on his head when exactly. he comes out. <laughs> no, no, he didn't drop it on his head. I know, but just imagine, like, Peeves- Killing Filch. Wait, what, what if he's on the grand staircase? Peeves oh. dropped a piano on someone. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Peeves could kill someone, to be honest, at Hogwarts. Um, Harry said that he wished there, there was something he could do to repay Nick. And Nick said that he was holding his death day party on Halloween and that it would be great if Harry could come to tell the Headless Hunt how scary Nick was. Scary is, like, the one word that I would use to not describe Nick. He is not scary. The opposite. He's more of, like, a nice, helpful person. I also, I don't really see him as brave, but, you know, we don't really know him that well anyway, so. Yeah. Uh, Harry said that he would come and later told Ron and Hermione about it. Hermione said that it would be fascinating, and Ron asked who would want to celebrate the day that they died. They're, like, polar opposites. Polar opposites. One thinks it's interesting, one thinks who would want to do that. Like, who wants to go? By the time Halloween came around, Harry was regretting having said yes to Nick. But he kept his promise, so at 7 o'clock on Halloween, he went down a large hallway, oh, a long hallway with Ron and Hermione to get to the party. They turned a corner and saw nearly headless Nick standing at a doorway. He greeted them and let them inside. So, and through the door, there was a large room full of ghosts. They walked through the room, being careful not to run into any ghosts, and Hermione told them to turn back because she saw Moaning Myrtle. Mm. She's uh, so mean. Hermione explained that she was a ghost that haunted one of the girls' bathrooms. They went to the food table, which had rotten fish, moldy cheese, and a huge tombstone, tombstone cake, which read, Sir Nicholas de Mimsy, Porpington, died 31st of October, 1942. Yep. Hermione said that they probably let the food rot to give it a stronger flavor. Oh, yeah, a stronger flavor. Imagine eating the rotten food. Because, you know, they can bear, ghosts can barely taste anything. Why would anyone choose to be a ghost? They just don't know. Don't know the, the trashiness of it. <laughs> the trashiness? Yeah, I don't know. But Harry now knows because he's met Nick. Peeves came out from under the table and said, and said uh, num nums <laughs> and offered them moldy num peanuts. Num nums, <laughs> num nums, and offered them moldy peanuts. Peeves told Hermione that he had heard them about t- that he-, he had heard that Hermione was talking about Myrtle, and then called Myrtle over. She came to Peeves and told her, uh, and told her that Hermione was talking Peeves about told her. Myrtle. Yes, Myrtle knew she was making fun of her and started crying. But Hermione said that she didn't, but she didn't, and tried to have Harry. And Ron back her up. Myrtle said that she knew everyone what everyone called her behind her back. And when she finished saying what uh, saying what she knew they they called her, Peeves said, "You forgot, Pimply." <laughs> this is one of my favorite quotes from the books. Just so funny. And then he just Myrtle just starts sobbing, and Peeves starts chasing her, yelling, "Pimply, Pimply, Pimply!" Pe- Peeves is also very good at coming up with like 
good things. Like, I've said that about Draco, but Peeves is also very good at it. Then, a group of headless riders on horses ran inside and started playing a game of head hockey while Nick tried to do his speech, but he never managed to get the audience to listen. Nope, he did not. The trio decided to leave, and when they left, Harry started hearing a voice again that said, Rip. Tear. Kill. This is what the basilisk sounds like. Definitely. Rip. Tear. (laughs) Kill. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Harry started chasing the voice where it went, and then came to a corridor where where they saw writing on the wall that said, "Enemies of the air, beware." Below it was Miss Norris hanging by her ter- tail stiffly. Then a horde of kids came down the corridor and saw the writing. Draco read it and said, "You'll be next, mudbuds." Of course, he said that. Of course. Typical Draco. Typical Draco. And now let's take a short break. Welcome back from the break, and now we're going to move on to our news section. So, Hogsmeade Journal, and I'm so excited to, like, do the part where we talk about just, like, anything, because that's my favorite part right now of the Hogsmeade Journal. So, the first piece of news is extremely exciting. So, the Warner Brothers Studio Tour in London is decorating for Christmas, and it's super exciting in the way that, like, it sounds cool. I can't go. So, sadly, we can't go because we live in the U.S., and I would rather not go during COVID because I don't- you wear masks. Exactly. I feel like it wouldn't be the full experience if you have to social distance and wear a mask. But I would love to go um, whenever I can go to London. So, So they're going to have- Or you can go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) So, they're going to have the Diagonal Alley set open for the first time, and the streets will be covered in fake frost. The Great Hall is going to be set up like a Christmas feast, and there will be huge trees and pretty much everything that they have in the movies. They will also have the Gryffindor common room and the boys' dormitories. So, Hogwarts in the Snow, which is what it's called, is going to run from Saturday, November 14th to Sunday, January 17th. And the next piece of news is that there's going to be a Diagon Alley pop-up book, and it's coming out October 20th. Each page is a different shop, and it's interactive, so you can see different things from the books and movies. And when you're done reading the book, it becomes a big 3D (gasps) diorama, which is so cool. I really want it. I don't really know if I'm going to get it, though. Like, maybe not yet. I really want the illustrated editions of the books first. Like, and then maybe I'll get this. But it seems cool. It's a good thing to ask for for Christmas, or Hanukkah, or whatever you celebrate in yeah. the holiday season. Um, so about uh, last week's news about voting on an outfit, all you have, we found out that all you have to do is go to the Hogwarts Mystery website. And I don't know if you have to log in. I kind of went onto the website and I couldn't find like it on the main page. But I, to be honest, I didn't really look that hard. So that's how you do it. All you guys have to do is go to the Hogwarts Mystery website and that's how you can vote. Um, so my... What I wanted to talk about for this Hogsmeade journal is who do you think will die in Fantastic Beasts? I think Narrowstock. So, we'll start with Queenie. Do you think she will die, yes or no? Yes. And why? Because I also think she will die. She turned to the dark side. Yeah. The problem is I really don't want her to die early on. I want her to die kind of like once we already love her so much that I it's like a sad death. I want Queenie to like 
do die like Lita. I want her to come back to the light mm-hmm. and die saving them. Yeah, but I want her to really die. I want her to have a long death scene compared to Lita's. Because, like, Lita's scene... <gasps> I want her to be killed by Grindelwald. Lita's death wasn't long enough for us to really... Like, we didn't know Lita for long enough to actually care about Lita. But I want to care yeah, we about just, Queenie we just watched dies. her burn alive. And exactly. When when Queenie dies, I want to, like... I want it to be a long death. I want Jacob to be there. I want Newt to be there. I want Tina to be there. Jacob cannot die. I think he's gonna die. He can't. I, he's too lovable. That's true. But, like... If Queenie dies, maybe Jacob won't, but, and he's also a muggle, so if he doesn't die, then they might just wipe his mind, and he might just go back to society to live. Alright, so what about Credence slash Aurelius? I don't think Credence will die. I think Theseus will. Oh, I definitely think Credence is dying. Definitely. He seems like the kind of person that's going to die. Theseus, I don't think he's gonna die. Here. The thing is, I don't has it been I don't really know if it's been confirmed that Rolf's commander is actually Newt's grandson or maybe he's just Theseus's grandson. Huh. I like Theseus. I don't want him to die. Hmm. I don't think he's going to die. And then do you think Leto will come back? Well, she died. <laughs> no, but like, you know, like Credence also kind of died, but he didn't die. Um, probably not. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna die. Or she, I don't think she's gonna come back. Like, I don't think people care about her enough for to want her to come back. But then also, it's all about how history was written, guys. So, you know, if she's really alive, we'll find out soon. So, should my second piece that I want to talk about is should Snape have ended up with Lily? I don't think Snape should have ended up with Lily, but I don't think James should have either. Yeah, I don't think James. James is a jerk, and Snape. Called him mud blood. And Snape was just because he was angry at James and for Lily being a friend with him. Yeah. He was just so angry. He just, you know, did bad stuff. A lot of bad stuff. Yeah, like he went to the dark side. But he He also practiced the dark arts. I kind of wanted him to end up with Lily just because he kind of goes back to the good side. Here's what I really wanted to happen. Or here's what I like think would have been cool. If Snape had turned good before Lily and James had gotten married, and then ended up with Lily. Yeah. So, for the analysis part of this episode, we're going to talk about the Headless Horseman. And I know what you're thinking right now. You're thinking, what does this have to do with Harry Potter? And here is what I'm saying. So, the legend of the Headless... Like, we're going to be talking about the legend of the Headless Horseman, because, like, in the spirit of Halloween and all of that. And how similar, like, how... People similar to the Headless Horseman come up in Harry Potter, the which is the Headless Horseman, which we just heard about. Woo. And so we're gonna talk about we're gonna start with talking about the real life of the Headless Horseman, which is gonna be a le- I guess uh, a history of the legend yeah. and how it was written and stuff like that. So the Headless Horseman is a mythical person who has come up in folklore since the Middle Ages, which is super cool. I just wanna like, how do people come up with that? Yeah. Because they're just a bunch of ghost stories, you know? Yeah. So, um, he's normally depicted as a man on a horseback carrying his head or missing his head and searching for it. 
The American folklore about the Headless Horseman comes from the legend of Sleepy Hollow. The legend of Sleepy Hollow is by Washington Irving and is part of a collection of short stories titled The Sketchbook of Geoffrey Crayon Gent. So, um, I haven't read that and I don't, like, know if there's some sort of rating for, like, kids, teens, or adults or whatever. I feel like I would like to read the, the legend. If I could. There's a movie. It, yeah, but that's, that's R-rated. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You guys probably shouldn't watch it. If, yeah. you, if you're a kid listening, I'm not going to watch it. I know. It's R, but um, there's a movie. That's true. And there, there's actually lots of stuff. Like, something... It came up in a kid's movie. I'm trying to, like, remember what kid's movie it came up in. Sleepy Hollow? Or The Headless Horseman? The Headless Horseman. Oh. Uh, I'm not sure. I... Some kids movie. I don't even remember. Um, so if I remember, I will say it in this episode. Um, but it seems like a cool read. Like, would you read it? The Super Bowl? Yeah. Um, probably. Yeah, it seems like cool because um you can learn a little bit more about the actual um like story. story because you hear so much about the Headless Horseman, but you don't actually really know the story. I know, him. I hear about but it that's a lot. But we're also gonna honest. be discussing in this episode, so um, let's start, uh, with the legend. So, the tale is that the Headless Horseman was a trooper who was decapitated by an American cannonball. Since then, he has been searching for his head, normally using a jack-o'-lantern as a replacement. How big is a cannonball? Probably. I imagine it as just, like, this massive thing. That it's not was... that big. It's not, it's, like, the size of a, of, like, a beach ball. But it would definitely... Decapitate you. It would, yes. It would blow your head apart. Yeah. Also, part of it is, like, his his uh, fellow troopers, like, picked up his body and just left the remains of his head on the ground. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Um, The legend of the Sleepy Hollow comes around every year for Halloween and was one of America's first ghost stories. And it probably actually started the fad of, like, ghost stories happening for Halloween and, like, yeah. people believing in all the ghost stories and telling ghost stories about, like, campfires. We don't really do that we when we're camping, but... Yeah, nobody wants to, really. Yeah, because it would freak you out, especially if you're camping in the middle of, like, And especially with, if you're, like, with little kids. Yeah. Um, you can read the next one. Um, many people believe that Irving's story was inspired by an actual soldier who was decapitated by a cannonball. I also read, but I didn't add it, that, um, uh, I was gonna say something, that there was actually a, um, soldier, and the guy, I think, in the story is called Irving, and there's actually an American soldier who lived during that time named Irving, and I don't know if he died by a cannonball, but that's pretty cool, and, like, um, it's cool that he just got the idea from a real thing, so... Yeah. The Headless Hunt, now this is like the Harry Potter version, or like the Harry Potter additional thing. The Headless Hunt is an organization of ghosts that are missing their head. The head, ha, did you get that pun? It's Patrick Delaney Podmore, and they only accept ghosts whose heads were completely chopped off. So, which is, it's kind of cool that there's, that, that, that's, bleh, that that's a thing. Because it's just a group, an organization of ghosts who can have fun and actually don't have to kind of live out their lives to being bored. So, the hunt has many activities such as head juggling, head bowling, and head polo. 
Nick cannot join because his head is not fully cut off, so therefore he cannot take part in the games. Like, I completely get why they deny him. You know, because nobody's gonna, he's not gonna be able to do anything. Exactly, he'd have to be, like, the ref. Yeah. <laughs> he'd have to be the, like, um, secretary. He'd have to take notes on all the games. I'm just, like, thinking, like, he's trying, but he's trying super hard, but he just can't and do He's, it. like, trying to rip his head off. Um, the Headless Hunt also returned to the Battle of Hogwarts in 1988. Also, I was thinking, why aren't the Hunt bound to specific places? I know. It's like, in this chapter, uh, they just ran into Nick's room mm-hmm. and started playing the game of Headless Polo. Exactly, but isn't Myrtle bound to pretty much the bathrooms? Y- yes. But maybe she's just bound to Hogwarts. Yeah, but isn't Nick bound to just Hogwarts in general? I mean, is the that where he is, died? He didn't die there. So I don't I understand. Know. Why would he go back to Hogwarts of all places? I don't understand. It's just... Con- it's ghosts so confusing. be confusing. Ghosts be confusing, yes. If you want to learn more about ghosts, go listen to our Hogwarts ghosts episode. That was a good episode. So, um... In the PC game Chamber Secrets video game, you can see a portrait of the Headless Hunt that says Headless Cavalry in Latin. So, um, clearly the Headless Hunt came from the idea of the Headless Horseman. But, like, who knew there were so many Headless Ghosts? I well, guess, I guess a lot of people got decapitated in the Middle Ages. Yeah, definitely. A lot. Like, a ridiculous amount a of lot. people. Like, Queen of Hearts. <laughs> Off with their head. Um... Why would you also, why would you even choose to be a ghost? Because people, any student who has t- attended Hogwarts knows that there are ghosts who lives suck pretty much. I bet Nick, anyone who became a ghost didn't know what it was like. Or maybe, they maybe. didn't know what ghosts experience. Exactly. Maybe no. when you're choosing to be a ghost, the prospect of getting to see all of the people that you like know and love I know you, you is kind of oh, like it's overwhelming. Yeah. You probably want to, but only but a lot of people just the problem it. with being a ghost is you give up so many different like pleasures of like you have to watch people eat and you can't eat. Well, you can eat, you just barely taste it. Exactly, but you can't really eat it. You just go through it. Yeah, and you can't do things like like. You can hang out with your family, but you can't, I don't know, I feel like it would just be hard to join in on the fun if you're a ghost. Yeah. So, um, Nick, like, hates being a ghost, and so does Myrtle. I don't uh, understand why Myrtle did, because she knew all of the ghosts at Hogwarts. So. Uh, do you think she ever became Ravenclaw's ghost? Or do you think it was always Hel- Helena? Maybe always Helena. Yeah. Um, also, I was thinking because Ghost keeps the same mindsets when they die, like, I don't understand why they would, um, like, well, I don't understand why they can't change their mind. Like, why can't yeah, Myrtle yeah. just forget about all of Hornby and stop being sad? And why can't Nick just pretend that he doesn't have a most? I know, you're going to be alive for the, you're going to be alive for eternity. You may exactly. as well stop moping. Why can't, why can't Nick just pretend like it wasn't even a thing? Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. So, and like, Myrtle is just going to live out the rest of her life being extremely sad. So, that's that. And now I'm that's gonna read. Now we're gonna read a little bit from a, a article from Wizarding World. It says 
Halloween party tips from Nearly Headless Nick. Invitations. So, you have to consider your guest list carefully. And this is from Nick, by the way. So, you can, like, Nick did get himself into a flap by inviting members of the Headless Hunt, a society he so longed to be a member of. Why, why did he invite them? I know. Why? They turned him down. No point. What the heck? Why? Um, so, dress code and decorations. So, a Halloween outfit is always key. Um, um, like, I'm reading this. Um, so, pack the room full of ice and chill it right down. Put up some mirrors for a spot of misdirection. Get a tombstone cake and invite your guests to wear long, flowing clothes that will flutter in the cold air as they wander around mournfully. You know, ghost style. Music. Music is your opportunity to really set the party mood, so make sure it's suitable. Don't lose your head, you know? Yeah. Don't lose your head at Don't your party. Don't go crazy. At your party, yeah. Don't go crazy. Alright, so that is it for this week. So, here, like, be sure to leave us a quick review and rating on Apple Podcasts. We would so, like, we would appreciate it so much just because it helps people find our podcast and it helps our podcast grow. Grow. And it, it, helps it, it would just get it better equipment. It would just, it just, it would just help us. So, um, go and do that and make sure you email us with any thoughts and any thoughts you had on this episode on the questions we asked. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check back every Tuesday for another Inside Hogwarts episode.